Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the episode where we watched Emmanuel 4 on the worst idea of all time. Maybe this is like episode 7? I don't know. It took it's, us a while to get this one nailed down. It's important that it's confusing. We did not yeah. manage to watch all of these films sequentially. And I would like to give a huge shout out to someone who enabled this to happen, at least for me. Tim, I think you found a, a file elsewhere. But we shared a subtitle track thanks to the great Austin Lugar. So, thank you, Austin, and thank you to the great people at opensubtitles.org, a uh, fantastic collection of people that are just doing God's work. That's right. They really top and tail that production with how you can use their subtitles and where you can find them. And, and I, how to support them as well to remove I, all ads and mentions of them. And I you got, should. i got to tell you, didn't they do a good job? Mate, actually, do you know what? Let's flick them some... Co- we will. I'm going to support them. As soon as we stop recording, I'm going to go to opensubtitles.org. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got the URL right. And uh, actually, I'm doing it right now as I'm talking to you, Guy. Bloody good. Well, I'll set up the context for Emmanuel 4. The most... I don't know if open-minded is the right turn of phrase, but certainly experimental of the Emmanuel film so far, including those that uh, have come since the departure of the titular Emmanuel, a.k.a. Sylvia Christel. This is her last film as the co-lead in the franchise it's um it was it was quite good fun i felt like the bottom fell out a little at the end but this is a, a remarkably high concept version of emmanuel it is uh sort of like an inverse eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i thought essentially what happens is that the setup emmanuel is uh, going to some sort of what looks like a sort of early 2000s music video by, um, who's the band who sang Stacey's Mum, Fountains of Wayne? Yeah, that's right. Can I just interrupt you for one second, sorry, to interrupt you on opensubtitles.org? Uh, yeah. The the website looks like it's probably breaking my computer <laughs> as I speak. <laughs> And uh, when I clicked on the link to uh, the only place I can find to throw money at them, which has become a VIP member, remove the ads, it immediately takes you to a series of pop-up ads. Yeah, so, that's great. Click through. Tim, 
This is a pick a path. I There's love no... it. I love it when my computer <laughs> offers me new opportunities to find websites I didn't even know existed. Well, ap- apparently, I've just won a Samsung S9 thanks to Spark, uh, dude. Of New Zealand's number one telecommunications provider. So maybe I should pursue that. Absolutely, the S9 is a very recent piece of technology, and that is definitely a legitimate prize. <laughs> Now, I'm so sorry. We're talking about the cool-ass music video-esque uh, Yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, that that you, you look and feel is somewhat unique, but it's still pretty um, down the line, Emmanuel, so far. But then she runs into this former lover who it's expected we know called Mark, who in my research I found has not appeared in any of the previous Emmanuels. Are you serious? Because I figured it would have to have been the guy from the first movie who, like, introduces her to... Almost the notion of sex itself. Uh, possibly in name, but not in actor portraying that no, no, name. Yeah, but in the same way that we've got a new Emmanuel, which they do actually explain with the story, we've got a new Mark, which they do not explain with the story. Yeah, anyway, she sees Mark and she's It's like of... Fresh Prince, where they replaced Aunt Viv. It's one of those. It Just is... don't mention it. Keep I going. Did... Well, I was trying not to. God damn it. Uh, anyway... She sees this guy at a, at a sort of naval-themed cocktail party. Perhaps they're genuine naval officers. Perhaps they're just people who like to dress as naval officers. And it sends her into a spiral. And she says, oh, whoa, even in all my adventures over the last years, I'm not ready to confront this lost love. You know, I carry the emotional burden of what happened between us. She still obviously holds a candle that burns bright and long for Mark. And so to try and remedy this overwhelming drive, like she's essentially out of control whenever she sees Mark. She gets on a plane and flies to Brazil, where she undergoes plastic surgery to render herself unidentifiable to Mark. So, instead It's quite of... experimental as well. It's important to know that this surgery is not your run-of-the-mill rhinoplasty no. or a boob job or something. This is she she <laughs> she gets warned that it's quite experimental and could have some psychological um, effects to it. And she says, play on, player. Let's do this thing. And then flash forward, um, she is covered in a sort of milky membrane, which she emerges from. It's which like I got. I've, I, I have flat feet. And so I once got orthotics made up and they put your feet in this sort of plaster cast. And that looked like essentially the technology they used to perform a full body and face plastic surgery on Emmanuel. Yeah, it reminded me of The Matrix a lot. Like, lots of bits in this movie reminded me of The Matrix because she kind of comes out, emerges out of this cocoon and there's um, a couple of surgeons and nurses that are around and they're like, stop, Emmanuel, you can't walk yet. Like, just go slow. Yeah. You've got to relearn how to use your entire body because she has been reborn as a 20-year-old virgin now. Also, the, the surgeon... Who was like, I, for the last three movies, all we've heard about is how fucking red hot Emmanuel is. How everyone's like, oh my God, Emmanuel, she oozes sexuality, the most beautiful person on earth. And the surgeon performs the surgery and then he looks at her and he goes, out of a simple woman, I have made a <laughs> goddess. And I'm like, do your research, dude. This is the goddess. You've just, you know, I don't know, you've defied science, sure. <laughs> I'll give you that, crazy professor. Um, You've defied science, but you were starting with a pretty but, hot lady. So I, I just found, like, the I, I'd like to talk about this with you, the sort of the psychological impact. Of course, it's going to be a psychological impact on anyone who undergoes any significant plastic surgery. I imagine, as you sort of 
you know, like even if you're mentally prepared for it and you're undergoing this voluntarily, you're going to be looking at a different version of yourself. You're going to be, you know, living with this. But in this instance where it's the full body escaping some sort of emotional baggage that she carries around with herself, is like to keep your your temporal memories, to keep your entire consciousness and totally change the physical vessel in which you carry those is a really interesting idea. Like, I want to know if you were to undergo that, what do you think the psychological impact would be? If you're like, if you do it to escape this podcast, say, if you and I, we have this on again, off again podcasting relationship and you say, when I see him, I know I can't help myself. I want to get on those mics. I want to watch something terrible. The only escape I have, the only reprieve I have is to totally change the vessel in which I carry my brain. And so you do it and you come out of it as... You don't have to be a 20-year-old virgin. You can just be a different-looking person. I want to be a 20-year-old virgin. I want you to... Okay, yeah, great. You can be a 20-year-old virgin. An entirely different prospect. Uh, what, like, when you, when you are moving around in this body and you're seeing people from your past... Like, Emmanuel is not tethered to a family life. Beyond her romantic interests, we're never introduced to siblings, parents, cousins, aunties, uncles. Like... <laughs> You know, I you, want to meet Emmanuel's brother-in-law. What's that guy you like? She's got a brother-in-law. Absolutely, her younger sister's husband. Mm. He's a good guy. He's a baker. Gets up very I early think, in the morning and makes bread every day. If I was, if I was Emmanuel's brother-in-law, I would be on high alert because this is a woman who is not afraid to fuck anyone. Yeah, but he's except for he's, Mark. He's all good. Is That's he? the thing about the brother and yeah, yeah, Jeremy. He's like, he's they, just like, I'm just a, I'm a baker and I'm happily married and like, I'm good well, here. They I, do. I don't need to fuck this woman who, as I told you in the notes, it's got to be said. All the evidence is laid out that this woman has got to be absolutely, you know, filled to the brim with sexually transmitted infections. There are no precautions being taken. She is. Um, uh, seizing every opportunity to have sex with everyone wow. as often as she can, uh, wherever she is in the moment. And um, while I admire the sort of uh, pursuit of sexual happiness, you, you, you gotta you gotta think about your body a little bit. You well, got to think about your body. If you've got the option to just hit a hard reset every time things go awry and Do you be reborn as a twenty-year-old virgin. Does the plastic surgery remove chlamydia? Say. No, chlamydia is actually a pretty a, easy yeah, one to a, get rid of, <laughs> as I understand it. HPV simple... does the does the do these surgeons' talents nah. extend to removing HPV? No, because I think these movies might have come out either before the vaccine that we have now or before it was popularized. So we've got to put this in context. This surgeon has got to be a pretty stonking epidemiologist. To Dude, those are very different jobs, aren't they? To change <laughs> to change the body, like the external nature of the body, is very different from rewiring or, you know, uh, changing anything that's happening internally. But we've been waylaid here, Tim. I want to know how you feel. You're in your new body. You're a 20-year-old virgin. You live in fear of seeing me. If you're overwhelming urge to podcast together, even though you know it's not in your best interest and you've been burned before, how do you feel when you see me? How do you feel when you see people who are in your life? How do you interact with them? Do you identify <laughs> yourself? I don't know, dude. This is a weird question. I, I don't know. Okay, There's... maybe it's the the me the pod, 
you and I podcasting together is maybe not the best analogous example, but I just want to know like what your life is like inside of your new body. Um, well, Emmanuel, when she gets the surgery done, she questions like if she's going to have the same memories and stuff. So this is pretty, this is a pretty big overhaul of the hardware. I am going to seize the opportunity and start afresh completely new. Yeah. Um, I am going to move to Rarotonga and the Cook Islands and start a fish and chip shop, but not a chain because they don't do franchises there, just a fish and chip shop. And it's going to be fine. And then one day you're, um, you're working at your fish and chip shop mm. and in strolls me in strolls. I don't want to, sort of get our wires crossed with your genuine personal life in strolls me guy montgomery i'm on holiday i'm having a ball you see me yeah what is the reaction do you are you totally unfamiliar and you sort of go i gotta go out the back and let someone else deal with it are you like "Hmm." i'm gonna say deep fried or crumbed crumbed we're good here and I'm looking at you like, I know this fucking guy. Because this is what Mark does. Mark, yeah. Mark for reasons unknown, flies to Brazil and comes across Emmanuel reborn at a party. And he's staring at her like, this motherfucker. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be tricky because um, I'm the only one who works in the fish and chip shop. Because as yeah. I mentioned, it's going fine. But it, it, it's not really going well enough that I can hire anyone else this there. This is insane. You are... In charge of your own destiny here, you've got this page one rewrite, this beautiful 20-year-old virginal body, and mm. you've chosen within your fantasy to start like operating a fish and chip shop that is just getting by. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in hard work and hustle, so I think work, it's important to I stay grounded. Work smart, not hard, is what people say. I'm living in beautiful Rarotonga. What more could a man want? I guess maybe uh, an, someone in their employ, someone to help them build their business. Eh. I like I like cooking my chips and my fish. Okay, and so, so you I what? see you. Yeah, you take my order. It's it's quite tricky. I'm going to have to do one of those sitcom sequences where I keep trying to like hide my face away from you using things that are just around. So you I'll don't have to like duck down <laughs> and obscure myself so you don't make the connection. You don't under, like have fish your and chip face. wrapper. It's not your face I recognise. It's your spirit. It's your essence. I know that's what I'm trying to hide hide away from you. You can't though. hide an essence. Yeah, but I'm trying my best to how, by how, physically it, hiding your face. Yeah, absolutely. You've asked me a very, very specific question and gotten very angry at my response to it. I'm not I angry. Think, I'm just I think trying I've to got explore a, with you. I've got a cool life here in Rarotonga. I've got my <laughs> fish and chip shop. I'm at the beach multiple times a week. I've learned how to surf, maybe. I'm actually not sure how the surf is in Raro. It's just, I guess I, I can't be ungrateful for you playing with the fantasy and uh, answering the question, but I just... Would you be devastated if I... Because presumably you would think that I had died. Yeah. I guess I'd be like, wow, that's a shame. I wonder what people think happened to... Okay, so we've got to clear this up. This is the biggest question for me. What the fuck is going... Like, have they... There's a concept in, like, comic books and stuff called retconning where you retroactively add something to the story... And so, and it explains past events, right? So, like, they were calling her Emmanuel in the first three movies, right? I didn't make that up. Yeah, that was her name. But she in is this Emmanuel. movie, 
But in this movie, they call her Sylvia, which is the first name of the actress who portrays Emmanuel. The original one, yeah. They keep calling her Sylvia, Sylvia, Sylvia. And then when she's the 20-year-old virgin, she is Emmanuel now. Yeah. So... It's um. Were I'd, you confused by that? Have I got that right? Do you, like, is that, that yeah, was that yeah, your yeah. read on it? Yeah, that is to to my eyes what happened, and I think it's sort of like a um, a knowing acknowledgement to the audience, the sort of legion of franchise fans that have built up across the three and a half four movies that they're saying, "Hey, look, uh, we're handing over the reins here." <laughs> it's too big, though. It's too big. It's not like when you break the fourth wall, you're supposed to like. Give a little wink to the camera. You're not supposed to grab the camera operator and shake him by the shoulders and say, look, we're inside a facade. My name isn't Emmanuel, it's Sylvia. Mm. It's, yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just, I've got this um, New York Times review from January 11th, 1985 in front of me. I'd love to hear it. Written by Vincent Canby. And I'm just sort of uh, trying to scan ahead because I know that they make light reference of, I haven't actually read the whole review. Manuel 4, which opens today at the East Side and UA Twin Theatres, is the third sequel to be spun off the 1974 exploitation hit Emmanuel, which starred Sylvia Christel. If the first sequel had been titled Daughter of Emmanuel instead of Emmanuel 2, the new film might well be called Great Granddaughter of Emmanuel, <laughs> which sounds a bit geriatric, but wouldn't be entirely misleading. The producer of Emmanuel 4 tactfully acknowledged that the leggy, Dutch-born Miss Christel may well be reaching that certain age officially 35, at which the woman stars of softcore exploitation films should turn to other pursuits, perhaps selling real estate, our friend fucking Vincent helpfully offers. Vincent's just thrown that in. That's just what he thinks is up. Very early in Emmanuel for the still beautiful Miss Christelle is a woman named Sylvia is in a frightful bind. How can she escape the obsessive attentions of Mark when she knows that he'll pursue her to the ends of the earth? which in the case of Emmanuel 4 appears to mean Beverly Hills? That's not right, though. That's not even the plot. The plot is that she can't help herself when she sees... He's not trying to find her. It's such a stupid plot line because she keeps going about how, like, Mark's an arsehole, Mark's ruining her life, Mark's a baddie, and then for no reason in particular, she just... She goes, like, to the ends of the earth to get away from him, and she changes her whole physicality. I'm sorry that I'm jump-cutting the plot here, guy, but... That is what happens. And then she's just like, well, I've found love with this woman called Donna and everything's going great. And her own version of a Rarotongan fish and chip shop life on a beach with Donna and doing well, the simple but things. Do you not, do you and then not, she's like, I better bail. I'm too happy. I've got to go back right. to see Mark and fuck myself up. Do you not see the challenges involved with running your fish and chip shop in Rarotongan? I mean, we've got, an, you know, we've got an instance of it right here. Even if things are humming along and you are going to the beach several times a week, you are learning to surf, you are crumbing your fish to your your heart's content, there'll still be an itch that must be scratched deep within you and your new 20-year-old virginal body. I think I could let you go, Guy. And I say that with love in my heart, but a fish and chip shop is all-consuming and it's really important that I put all of myself into this uh, business. Very well. Don't you think? Don't you think it's important to focus on the shop? Because, like, there's a lot of eateries in Rarotonga, and there's quite a few fish and chip shops. And to even keep my head above water, I'm going to have my eyes on the ball. Why are you doing the fish and chip shop then? It's my dream. Why are you taking this to a place where there's a lot of, you know, this product already is already saturated in the market? I, I, I I don't necessarily want to be the best. 
in Rarotonga, but I want to be among the best fish and chip shops in Rarotonga. It sounds like you've carved out so much work for yourself. There's joy in that, you know? Man. It's it's important to have something to do every day. It's important to be part of a community and be contributing. And uh, the way I'd like to contribute is to open a moderately successful fish and chip shop yeah, that can be considered think, among the better ones. You've made it in pretty the Cook clear, Islands. Tim. You've you've made that much obvious. Um, let us return to talking about the the film at hand then, which has launched this sort of fantasy that we're exploring of yours. Um, hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just two dollars a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code perfectmanny20 at alvinjune.com slash perfectmanny20. That's perfectmanny20 at alvinjune.com slash perfectmanny20. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I suppose as good a time as any to perform a little boner patrol. My dude, was there a stirring in your loins at any point? No, there was not like physically, but I could I could see myself in a different context. Uh, getting excited. The um the excuse me, oh big stretch. The um the new Emmanuel, the, the all the women in these movies are very beautiful. The new Emmanuel is very beautiful. Um, we see her naked quite a bit. Um, there's there's a couple of pretty pretty hot scenes with her. Yeah, I I I thought, I mean, first start the. Is sort of I'm going to be talking about this from two different perspectives. One is a cinema guy, and one is someone watching a softcore uh, pornography. But the cinema guy of me wanted to stay at the samba class when she's sort of got her new body and she's up and running and she's in Rio de Janeiro. She goes to the samba class, and as you rightly pointed out in our communique during the film, it fucking rules. The music's great. The energy is electric. Everyone's having a good time. It's sort of this free flowing, quite open minded sort of. Hey, let's just see what happens here, kind of environment. But I, suppose, I don't think anyone's learning how to dance. No, yeah. it didn't seem, but it didn't also feel like they needed to, or perhaps wanted to. Mm. Um, and she goes along, and maybe she's still reeling from the anaesthetic or you know the experience of the surgery. But she she leaves, and she says, "I had to get away from this noisy samba class." And she sort of walks into the, which I wanted, you know, wanted her to stay up for a while just to absolutely be, be we were having a I good mean, time there. Yeah, I mean, also it's. 
you know, I don't want to date this podcast too heavily, but we are in the throes of a, a, a pandemic, which means that international travel's off the cards. And seeing a character sort of explore Brazil, a country to which I've never been, but have an overwhelming desire to one day visit, it, you know, it, it makes you uh, reminisce or crave the notion of travel. And so to see someone exploring these different parts of the culture, as, you know, cherry-picked as they might be, it looked great. Anyway, she leaves the samba class and she goes to this adjacent room and the samba music's still playing. And there is this two, the scene, these two women have also sort of skived off of samba class. And um, one of them is performing rapturous kind of lingers upon the other one and at this moment i sort of thought okay we might have something to bring to boner patrol for show and tell at class today but then i couldn't help but notice that the hips of the the recipient of the cunnilingus were sort of moving perfectly in time to the samba music and i I just (laughs) i thought this is really cool i mean this is some (laughs) some boss level shit to to groove to groove along to samba while having your socks knocked off by a bit of cunny That's all time stuff. And then Emmanuel starts having a knee knocking good time. And suddenly Boner Patrol wasn't Boner Patrol at all. It was just, you know, it was just Just an appreciation for some people having a jolly good day. Just, yeah, just like, fuck. I mean, you know, here's something. Remember travel, everyone. Remember (laughs) getting getting a plane ticket and going to a samba class where someone's going down on someone else and you're fingering yourself silly in the corner watching over. I think we all all, all remember the good old days of 2018. Bloody COVID. Get on a plane and walk into a warehouse and know exactly what was going to be in front of you. (laughs) Hey, can I share a shining light? Of course. It was by far the funniest bit of the film where Emmanuel, 20-year-old virgin Emmanuel, is walking around. Is it with Mark? Who's who's the man that she's with when they're in Brazil? It's like around the three-quarter mark of the film. Rodrigo? Yeah, that's right. That one's Rodrigo, yeah. And uh, she's like, hey, we should have sex here. And he's like, we will get arrested. And she's like, oh, exciting. We'll do it at night. And he's like, we're not. She's like, we should go for a night walk. He's like, that is a bad idea. This is dangerous. She's like, it's dangerous and exciting. And then as they're walking down the street, more and more dudes start following them. And they're all producing ever-increasingly large knives to the point where heaps of people have visible flick blades. And one guy's wielding a machete immediately behind them and rodrigo has seen them and he's like hey we need to get back to the hotel she's like no i'm having far too good a time this is cool don't be such a spoiled sport we're having a great time and they're about to get fucking executed on the street summarily at the hand of a sharpened blade and um it just cracked me up it's very funny to uh like if they were playing it for laughs and they kind of were i don't know maybe it was just so good to see someone so oblivious to the danger they were in. It was, yeah. But it was in a softcore porno, so, you know, it wasn't like think, a full-throated th- belly laugh. I think it was uh, self-knowing. I think they're having a bit of fun there. If we do, if we are doing Shining Lights, I mean, that is a belter. Mine was the discovery and then reuse of the incredible sort of um, cut or edit point where they would, uh, sort of like a PowerPoint animation of the, the pages of a book turning but two pages yeah. in the middle of the screen and then all of a sudden the first time they used it it's like you're in the movie you're in the scene it's somewhat high concept but you're keeping up and then the page turns and all of a sudden we're back with sylvia the original yeah. emmanuel and she's in this white room with some unnamed unknown young woman and they're admiring five 
naked men's bodies in glass cages and she's going i'm gonna you you choose who you want and i'm gonna coach you through and i mean that's that's ancillary to the initial point which is the page turning device discovered and reused was an absolute delight and yeah the sort of the realms to which it opened in the movie it wasn't like well, this has to be tethered to what's happening. It's like, we'll just turn the page and that's permission to do literally anything we want. So a couple of things on that. Number one, this was the second big Matrix point for me because I was like, oh, they're in the, what is it called? The construct or something? That white room where Morpheus takes Neo and they get all the guns I, yeah, and shit. Yeah, I can't remember. Training. Yeah, yeah. Just like a, an expansive white space where things are sort of invented. It was totally that scene. And the um, the cartoon book opening thing, which they used just all across this movie, and the edits are terrible. Did you know, did you come across in your travels guide that this movie was shown in 3D when it came out? No. What? Yeah. Yeah. This movie was in 3D, but apparently the 3D was dog shit. And I've been trying to, like... 3D was used- still dog shit, like... Two years ago, of course, it was exactly. dog shit in 1984. <laughs> so they were, I think, they were using like some different flavors of it. I was trying to get in the weeds of what technology they were using, but I think it was the ones where you got to have like the red and blue glasses yeah, yeah. As, as a as a cinema watcher. And I I came across only one review that mentioned it. Um, that said it was dog shit. My words, not theirs. But they said it was uh, subpar. Um, but can you imagine going to a softcore porno with 3D glasses on? Like, what a what a moment I think, in time that would be. Well, if I think of the experience of going to this at the cinema and the sort of uh, dastardly behaviours, you know, who, people who are enjoying the intended purposes of this sort of film at the cinema, the obscuring nature of having those glasses on and looking to your sides and everything's out of focus and impossible to discern, mm. it's not something I'm against, yeah, yeah, there's a level of anonymity about having something on your face. But yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, it's chaos. It used the same technology as uh, Jaws 3D, um, which came out in 1983. So uh, it, it widely panned, as far as I know, the, yeah. the 3D. This is what is said of the um, Jaws 3D, because um, I can't find too much on the Emmanuel 3D. There was a revival in popularity of 3D at this time, with many films using the technique. Jaws's second sequel integrated the technology into its title um, to make use of the dual use of the number three. The gimmick was also advertised in the tagline, the third dimension is terror. Of course, it is depth. That is um, just a note from me, Tim. As it was Joe Alva's first film as a director, he thought 3D would, quote, give him an edge. That is... the movie made money, but um, everyone hated it. So That is such a um, sort of entry-level mistake to be like, I'm doing this huge, overwhelming job for the first time. How will I give myself an edge? By introducing another, even more challenging component. It's like r- moving to Rarotonga, a place known for having like a number of pretty good fish I and I don't know shops. that that's one of the headline things about Rarotonga. Tonga, trying but... to start your own top tier fish and chip joint solo it would be that level of of difficulty yeah, um, yeah the script is all over the map in this movie within 90 seconds we get a, a, a reference to a woman's vagina as both private and then the c word which i won't say because i know we have a lot of american listeners and you might be listening with your tiny children in the car which is where i like to listen to podcasts about softcore pornographies 
It's um. I just wanted to say, if we are doing script, I wrote down a line I really liked, which was, um, Love is an eagle with claws clutched around our hearts. Once it has got a good hold, it will never let go. That that belongs anywhere. That belongs in the Smithsonian for mine. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, Well, my full quote is, I'm going to ask you a question that a woman never asks a man. I wrote that one down too. Do you prefer to make love with the lights on or off? He responds, probably off. Really? So you can't even see the woman you love? Her body? Her breasts? Her privates? <laughs> I think it's I think it's it's beautiful and quite demure and uh, very sexy to call uh, any any bodily parts that are beneath clothes private. I will I mm. won't even me- make mention of a you know a belly button in the winter. Because it is it is a private part. It is a private to be withheld from public. Bits of the soundtrack absolutely slapped. Other bits ate dog turds. There was like a a kind of Rod Stewart esque soft rock um, theme song that kept coming back, which was in English, which which makes me hopeful that it wasn't in the original release, and they just added it in for those idiot Americans so they'd have something to grab onto while trying to furiously masturbate to a movie which refused to engage with sex scenes <laughs> because so many times when we got one, th- they'd have a lot of setup, a whole lot of setup. We're learning the characters. We're getting some good dialogue going. And then just as we're about to get into a, a, a pretty rough and ready situation, blam, we've got a cartoon book animation taking us to a know, different point in time. And all of the most sort of, you know, large-scale uh, sex scenes in this film were all like, not really pertaining to Emmanuel. It was like, you know, usually it was just off to the side. It's like Emmanuel's looking out of it. She's on a veranda and she's looking out in the driving rain at this bit of jungle. And there's this unknown woman in a see-through romper standing on a swing, moving back and forth. And then all of a sudden, some other person who we don't know appears and drives her off the swing into the mud. And they start rolling around in the mud. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, I'm happy for everyone involved, but I don't really know <laughs> what connection this has to the, the, the story we're following. It's all then, over the shop. Like later, later on, there's a scene where Emmanuel's kind of loosely involved. She chases someone off of a boat through a river and then they, they go and have sex somewhere in the jungle. Then all of a sudden, there's this shot of like an anaconda mm. and then there's a, another woman and there's yeah. another guy and there's a shot of an anaconda, anaco- like a snake uh, climbing over someone's body across their their private the most traditional definition of private parts and i found that quite you know snake on the ground ready to pound snake on the pussy absolutely not big no no for me <laughs> uh what would you rate this movie out of a potential nine private parts or 17 fish and chip shops 14 fish and chip shops 17, 14 out of 17? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I do think it sort of uh, it tapered off at the end. Like, uh, they had too many sort of high-concept balls in the air to, to like, because that's not the purpose of this movie, to, to maintain... Two, two directors, by the way. That makes sense. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think working simultaneously but not talking to each other is the impression yeah. I got. One of them yeah. was making a sci-fi sort of... <laughs> you know, body-changing movie, and the other one was trying to make a softcore porno, and they had access to the same parts. Sometimes they both had to get... (laughs) There's a guy in your window guy looking directly at me. Yeah, don't worry about him. (laughs) It's freaking me out. He's the hide help. He's my gag writer. He's just making sure I'm sticking the landings on all these great great bits. Good stuff. Um, Yeah, but I I thought it was fun. Like, I'm, I'm glad to have seen it. I sort of wonder... 
if I try and think about the trajectory or the build of these movies across the franchise, so this, you know, we have watched these slightly out of order. If this would change anything from what I've seen since, but I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily know that it would. What did you think? Mm, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I don't think there's any utility in watching these um, sequentially. And in some ways, we did it a more fun way because um, you can kind of like, it's like when you don't see the monster in a movie, you know, you can kind of let your imagination fill in the best possible version of what would be scary to you. Aye. So um, having seen this fourth movie now, this did not fill in any blanks for what's going on in the series. I um I felt really bad for Sylvia, the actress, and just kind of the like messaging of what's happening in this movie to her mm. and her career. She's been cast aside. I have it on good authority. We get to revisit her in Emmanuel Seven, something I'm looking forward to. She rejoins the series uh, for a oncer. Um, but yeah, pretty dog shit. There, age thirty five, you're thrown in the bin for a 20-year-old virgin. I mean, you you alerted me previously to the fact that she um, had a somewhat tumultuous life off camera. I think probably in no small part contributed to by, you know. Let's close off on this because it's um, it's worth... I don't know if we've done this yet, but... um, Before you you, you close off, but before you do, I just want to give you a piece of trivia that you specifically, I think, might be interested in. Oh, yeah. Um, The guy who plays Mark, Patrick Bashau... Uh, did you recognize him at all? He did look familiar, but I figured it was from another one of these movies. He's not been in Emmanuel before or since. A Belgian uh-huh. actor best known for his role as Scarpine, Scarpine in the 1985 James Bond movie, A View to Kill. Which was the last Roger That's Moore. a Timothy... What? View to... Oh, sorry, it is too. That's the one with... Um... Uh, what's her name? The pop star who was going to play in New Zealand. Grace Jones, who did play in New Zealand, same day yes. as my wedding. Yes. And I can't remember what was her name. What was her name? Oh, he's not. Actually, he was not the lead, though. The lead villain in that was Christopher Walken as Max who Zorin. Played, who played what? Who? Max Zorin, a psychopathic industrialist. It's weird that these names aren't, aren't ringing bells. I haven't seen... Anyway, I just I know you're a Bond guy. I thought you might get a kick out of that. Yeah, man, big time. And you, yeah, that is that is definitely um, where that's from. I'm trying to find. There's a list of movies that someone sent me, and I think I read it on the wiki, but I, I can't see it here. That um, Sylvia Cristel like said no to. Oh no! Okay, unsuccessfully applied for the role um, of the <laughs> Bond girl in the movies The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker. Fu- that hurts even more, you know, knowing that. Yeah. She went for Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, and Octopussy. Um, she rejected the main female roles in The Story of Adele H, King Kong, and Logan's Run, oh. and Caligula, Body Heat, Blade Runner, Scarface, June. She said body no double. to all of this? Apparently, yeah, and Blue Velvet as well. <clears throat> God damn, life can be tough. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta, you gotta be careful with the decisions you make. You gotta. What is the takeaway? I don't know. I think it is. You know, you, you wear a condom. Do you know what the takeaway is? Use protection. I was going to say the takeaway is you gotta, you gotta crumb your fish when the ingredients are there. That's great. I love that. Um, I quite like to get some merch made up of uh, Timbo's fish and chips. So we'll, we'll see if I get onto that design and the get that in the merch best store. fish and chip shop in Rauritonga. No, it's, twi- no, it's yes. up there, dude. It's like fourth. It's like fourth or third. Nah. nah. 
Okay, we'll catch you in the next episode of The Worst Idea of All Time, Season 5. Oh, come, um, oh, come, Emmanuel. Yeah, number, what are we up to now? Seven? Seven. Cool. Seven heaven, baby. Oh, is that for me or the listener? You can keep going if you want. I've left. Well, now that Tim's gone, I just want to say thanks a lot for listening along, guys. Um, really appreciate it. It's actually hard because Tim can still hear me, even though it's just me on the record. Um, yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying the, the season so far. We're having a really good time, having a lot of fun, having a lot of laughs, actually. Uh, and, um, yep, <laughs> I've got nothing to say. I don't know why I keep going. Catch you soon. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.